0: Yo, this is Oh My Sophie and you're listening to this freaking show.
1: What's up, everybody? I am Travis
2: And I'm Cartoon Joe.
1: And welcome back to another episode of this freaking show. It is the weekly podcast with a little bit of something and a whole lot of nothing. And I gotta say that God bless Skype for the fact that at least we could still podcast during this whole quarantine pandemic shut-in thing. Absolutely. Right. Skype Um,
2: apocalypse.
1: Right. I mean, finally Skype is good for something. Yeah, no I ain't, kidding. I, 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 who would have thought that somebody would say that shit? But we are here, and uh, today's going to be uh, one of uh, our most monumental epic episodes. Because we're finally going to have a guest that I've been trying to get on the show for, I'm going to say, almost a year and a half. Sounds right to me. Yeah, so um, I'm excited to kind of jump into that. That's going to happen here in a little bit, but of course we got to do all of our normal... uh uh, goofy things that we normally do. So, uh, Joe, do you want to start out with the, uh, that freaking happened? Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Uh, uh, I can
2: go first. I can go first. Yeah, go uh, I'm going to start off dark because of the year that we are in. <laughs> uh, which I didn't realize this. I, I learned this, uh, just now. Uh, on today, April 7th, back in 1994, the Rwandan genocide started. Oh, there we go. Yeah. So, well, I, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> the violence erupted in Rwanda, which eventually led to the genocide. But still, massacre of about 500,000 to a million innocent civilians. Uh, crazy. Crazy. Uh, not,
1: stuff. Gonna, not gonna lie, that, uh, I almost did that one. Cause like, one one of the big things, like, especially like when we do like these, uh, that freaking happen, I want to pull something that has a little bit of information to it and tell a little bit of story about it. And I was looking at this and I'm like, wow, this is so interesting. But in my mind, I'm like, i got to find something funnier than that. That's
2: fair. That is nothing to laugh at.
1: No, never, never. I mean, <laughs> that but like, I guess the more light in the movie. I mean, 2020 has really been, like I mentioned last week, quite the dumpster fire.
2: Indeed. I love how those 2020 candles they've got now where it's just a dumpster you put a tea candle in. <laughs> it's great
1: <laughs> That's awesome That's why I love you Joe You get me man <laughs> You try. get me Well I found something that that's going to lighten the mood Um April 10th 1976 U.S. President Gerald Ford While touring the Alamo During his reelection campaign Bit into a tamale Without first removing its husk Oh
2: no that's the most Gerald Ford thing to happen. I think.
1: <laughs> this culinary faux pas didn't help his image as a bumbler. <laughs> uh, some believe the extensive media coverage of this uh, in Texas costs him the votes in that state.
2: Oh my goodness.
1: Delighting uh, the load on everyone here. Even our, uh, our former president, uh, Joe Ford, doesn't know how to eat a fucking tamale. Fun fact of the day. It's delightful. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, Joe, how have you been? You been good? I've been okay.
2: I've been okay. It's been it's been a very busy week right. this week because I think people are finally starting to accept that we are in a pandemic.
1: Right. It's like it's like it's now starting to like click in people's heads. Like, oh yeah. shit, something's actually happening.
2: Right. Yeah, exactly. And just you know, trying to figure out you know how we're going to do our our services and um trying to uh make sure that all of our employees stay paid um it's just complicated and and it shouldn't be as complicated as it is but yeah,
1: yeah. well one, well, one I, the well, one of the things I think really didn't help that is when uh when when the president went on um and had his speech and the governor went on and had his speech and even when our mayor went on and had her speech well I don't want to say our mayor because well, I don't yeah. want to Chicago but mm-hmm. Chicago's mayor. Uh, they also the same thing pretty much. It's like everything shut down until the end of um March. Yeah. Well, well back then. I'm oh yeah, yeah. The sure. very beginning. The very beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So in everyone's mind, it's like, oh no, everything's getting shut down for like two weeks, blah blah blah. But it's okay because everything. But see, fucking uh, March 31st came and went, and here we are now, week one into April almost, and we're still in the same situation. And I think people are starting to. Kind of fucking out realize this. And there's actually something um, that we're going to talk about here in a little bit uh, as we talk about, uh, an, uh, as we go into another segment of uh, uh, My Corona. Ooh, nice. uh, we're going to bring back that game here. It's going to be a little brief one. Um, I do want to talk about some of the things that came about um, over the course of this whole situation that we're in. And it's more of a, again, well, a lot of this. I mean, the entire game is it's based on your views, Joe. And, um, I want to give a little input on my end, too, as well of it. Uh, some of these may be slightly controversial. Some of these we probably won't agree on, but for the most part, I think we will because we do have a general understanding of the situation we're in. Sure. It's not only affecting, you know, us and our hometowns, but also the major cities of the states we live in, the entire states themselves within the entire country that lives in the fucking world that we, uh, currently populate. So, um, I want to talk about this, uh, about the, about the stuff that, uh, I kind of thought about here uh some of it's kind of goofy some of it's uh you know not so goofy but same rules apply you know we got corona lights we got corona premieres and we got uh corona extras and joe uh i want to i want to give you the uh the thing that i found i want you to tell me if it's corona light like oh you know big deal uh corona Premier, like they responded just like i expect they would or corona extra um you know maybe uh they should have uh dealt, or should have cared a little more about it. Uh, the first one I do want to talk about, which is actually kind of a goofy one, but it does bring a, a good point that uh, I noticed it came up about. Uh, this past Sunday, uh Mayor Lightfoot, uh Chicago Mayor, uh, went and got her hair cut, and then took a yeah. picture with the person that uh, cut her hair. And, oh. uh, when you look at the picture, I'm not sure what social media platform it was on. I want to say it was Instagram, but it could have been Facebook or Twitter. I'm not quite sure. I just, I saw the brief photo when I was, uh, reading, when I was watching like the YouTube video. I think it was, uh, uh reported on by a uh, CNN or something like that. I'm not sure what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but she took a picture with the uh, hairstylist, no mask, no gloves, uh, and within inches of each other's face because they're kind of in an embrace, you know, arm over arm and stuff. And a lot of people are in a slight uproar about it, uh, stating that she went, uh, she went out there and gave a speech about the $500 fine where people, when people refused to, um, partake in the social distancing aspect of everything. Now, uh, after this was brought to her attention, she did, uh, have a press conference where she justified, uh, the action of getting a haircut by stating that she's a public figure and she's a face of the city. And, uh, hygiene is very important to her, so she needs to maintain grooming. Mm-hmm. And she assured everybody that while she was getting her hair cut, she was get she the, the stylist had a mask on, the stylist was wearing gloves and everything. Yeah. Um which if she did, absolutely awesome. You know, at least she had yeah. when she did it. But the biggest problem is the picture did not show gloves and not show a mask, uh, within inches of each other's face, not showing the social distancing that she's mandating and yeah. also threatening to fine people up to five hundred dollars for doing so. Yeah. But she goes on and defends it. Now, uh, as far as people being upset about this, are they justified in it? Uh, should they, you know, express more of an issue about it or maybe not worry too much about it? Where, where, what corona are you going to give this one?
2: Gotcha. Uh,
1: I'm torn because on the one
2: hand, I, I don't think, uh, okay, sorry. I want to start with, she should not have done that. And I okay. agree that she should not have done that. Um, mm-hmm. If I can't get a haircut, she shouldn't be able to get a haircut. It's mm-hmm. not. I, un, I understand she's a public figure. I fun, Funnily enough, I am also a public figure. true. Yes, um So I'm not getting my haircut cut. Um, now, granted, my my hair is not the same as hers, so I'm not going to, you know, whatever. But I, I have friends on Facebook who, who are also like, why, 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 why does she get a haircut? Why can't I... You know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm sitting here with my my scarf covering up my hair. You know, yeah. Uh, and definitely, you know, the the hairstylist she's standing next to. You know, that that breaks the the social distancing for sure. That's a problem. Yeah. Um, she should know better. And I I understand the the need as a public figure, as a, as a black woman, as a lesbian. You know, she mm-hmm. she has to maintain a certain image. But at the same time, um, you know, she wants us to take this seriously. She should take it seriously. So, yeah. it's a, it's a tough, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I'm gonna put it, uh, she, she should do better. I'm gonna put it on light, but.
1: Gotcha. Um, well, I mean, even, c- tell me if you agree with this. And I, it's just a thought that pops in my head and I could be completely wrong, but that's why I want to ask you, uh, the question, Joe. Would it have been more impactful if she didn't get the haircut to show that she is also going through the same struggles as us? Yes. Like here I she agree. is, a, a woman in power who holds office in our city. Where no one could go and cosmetically do stuff for themselves. You know, like those people who go and get manicures and pedicures and facials right. and, uh, hair appointments and stuff on a weekly or even monthly basis, you know, ma- you know, or monthly or even weekly basis and stuff, that she herself <laughs> is a public figure who is now, just, who's choosing to follow her, uh, or enforce the uh, rules that she's putting forth, uh, right. with, you know, it would have been more impactful if she did that. If I she won a record and said, "Like, hey, you know, I too would love to get my hair cut, but because of the situation you're in, I'm choosing to socially distancing myself yep. from doing stuff like that."
2: I agree. Or, or you know, she she is really good at social media. Mm-hmm. I think you know, uh lots of lots of public figures are having their spouses cut their hair. Yeah. You know, have your wife do it. I don't care if she's a, a licensed. You know, she's probably no good at cutting hair, but like, that, you do what you have to do. You know, it's uh, that's the person you don't have to social distance with because you live with them.
1: Absolutely. You know. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. 100%. Yeah, I was saying. Yeah. I thought. Uh, I mean, and I and I look at it in two different ways. Like, first off, this isn't something that needs to take up news time or needs to be looked oh, at. 100 it's, it's, yeah. percent. It's just it's just nitpicking situations and shit. But at the same time, it is bringing up a good point that she is threatening to fine people for actions that she just committed. Right. Now, she went ahead and bought the haircut and threw $500 on top of it and paid the fine that she is, uh, she's enforcing. Okay, then you know what? She, at least she's living up to what she believes. Right. But, I mean, the fact is, like, the, for her to go, go through and say that, you know, her, her trying to defend the situation by saying, you know, I need to do this because I care about my hygiene is like, well, This isn't like a gyno appointment or a dentist appointment. You know, this, this is you trimming up your hair, you know, and I guess it falls into maybe it falls into a hygiene aspect, but it's not a uh, life or death hygiene situation. So, um, what about, uh, what about states, uh, discussing the release of criminals from, uh, prison? Uh, And I know, uh, Pritzker when, uh, had a press conference today, they discussed, uh, they released, I want to say, about sixty uh juveniles from uh detention on uh, with minor um uh charges yeah. and uh some even from the state pen uh penitentiaries uh with uh some minor charges too now there were some prisons I believe uh down south somewhere I'm not sure that they want to release older prisoners who had anywhere from minor charges to actual like aggra- um aggravated yeah. felonies yeah. So, um, let's, uh, I'll turn to you, uh, the, um, the decision on releasing people from prison due to the overpopulation and the effects that Corona has with, uh, social distancing.
2: Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's an absolute necessity because, you know, none of these people have a death sentence, you know, uh, and, and I really think it's cruel and unusual to sentence someone to die in a cell, uh, just because they committed a crime. I, I think that's wrong, um. I think if you can you know maybe maybe there's an order, maybe it's nonviolent offenders first, maybe it's people who are who are older. you know there there's a lot of evidence that once you reach a certain age you are your your likelihood of, of re of committing another crime that of the same magnitude goes down to about zero um, usually like thirty five years or older uh, you're not gonna you're not gonna murder anybody because by then your your brain is fully developed, you've learned your lesson um, you know now maybe they're on house arrest. Uh, you know, or something like that, and 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 it, it shouldn't be taken lightly. I, I don't think that they, you know, if if you're on house arrest, you got to stay home. You can't you can't be out, you know. Uh, and and if you are out, maybe you do go back right away. But I, I think mm-hmm. the the a number of people who are going to die unnecessarily um, if they're not released. I, I think it's it's really a, it's a public necessity. It's a public good. And uh, I, I know some of these people, and it they're good guys who made bad mistakes when they were younger. And, you know, I'd much rather see them have a chance to be on the outside, be rehabilitated, be with their families, than to, uh, to have them die in, in what one of my friends called his, his concrete coffin. You know?
1: Yeah. And I, and I agree with that. I, th- I think when you get to a certain age in prison, and depending on what, uh, what you're put in prison for, if it's, if it's a minor thing, let, let's say like drug trafficking, or, you know, distribution of drug, if it's drug related, I, I wouldn't have a problem with people getting released, uh, if they're in that, uh, age group where it's being affected coronavirus, uh, related. Mm-hmm. Um, if you mass murdered your entire family with a steak knife because dinner was made wrong, uh, yeah. I, I honestly don't give a shit yeah. if you get in and die in prison. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I, I do believe there needs to be limitations on what they're convicted of and the decision on releasing them. Now, I do believe that there should be some kind of, uh, A halfway home situation that they need to kind of be a part of. But, I mean, I guess it's really hard if you're releasing, you know, hundreds of people out of, uh, out of, um, out of state, uh, prisons. Potentially thousands even. Really? Yeah. Yeah.
2: So. Yeah. 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 I don't, I don't think it's a decision that should be taken lightly, but I do think that, you know, there's, there's gotta be an answer that balances all the, Mm -hmm. the factors, you know. So maybe not perfectly. Maybe not not perfectly. So
1: corona premiere. Like, you know, they need to happen. They're probably doing it the right way. Yep. Okay. Um uh there was a press conference, uh where Trump stated that uh the ban could be lifted as soon as the thirteenth.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Light. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean there's some states that are uh discussing the movement it it's all the way to the April thirtieth. And yeah. uh I, and that's where I kinda like I want to talk a little bit about that and um I know Sophie got a hold of me, she is ready, so we're gonna kinda run through the rest of these here real quick. Um sure. uh, I mean, we got a little bit of time still though, but um I this is my view, and I I'm sure you don't disagree with me. And the only reason I believe you'll disagree with me is because you deal a lot more with uh, population and uh, community more than I do. So, and I know you you have a special spot in what you do and the people you deal with compared to what I do when I sit at home and do nothing. Yeah. Um I honestly don't care if Trump lifts the ban on the 13th. And the only reason I say that is I feel the same way about that situation. Uh, as I do about uh, when it comes to gay marriage and abortion. I'm saying that this is all, you know, just, I, I really want to be heard out before people start judging me on this uh, statement. Um, I want him to leave it to the decision of the state and have the state make the choices at that point. Um, if he says, listen, as of the 13th, nationwide bans lifted, it's at the discretion of the government. Uh, of the state to decide when they want the ban to be lifted and that's what i agree it should be i believe that the decisions of this stuff should fall into state decisions not just presidential you know i mean obviously you know him being you know potus yeah he needs to have his himself involved in these situations some of that but at the same time i think like if he says hey as of the 13th you know the state has a decision to keep the ban as long as they want and the States decide, hey, starting April 30th, you know, or, well, we're banned, we're, we're closing down until April 30th, or hey, we're closing down to the 15th, or whatever. And that's just how I feel about it. I, I always thought the state needs to make the decision for the state, not the national government's, uh, um, decision on one spot over another. But, um, that's my decision. I just want to hear your input.
2: Yeah. I have a, my, my, my snarky knee-jerk answer is we fought a civil war over this, and the state's rights lost. So you know, <laughs> and and if you notice, the states that aren't having state of home orders are the states who were on the losing goddamn side in the Civil War. <laughs> uh, right, you, you, you know, know
1: it's just at the point where like, usually the South is like, "Hey, we're okay. It's sunny down right? here." Yeah, yeah that's
2: that's my sarcastic answer. Please take it with a grain of salt. I don't mean it meanly or, or or necessarily unkindly. Um, I I do think there's a responsibility of the president as a national figure to stand up and say. You know, this is a serious matter for a serious time, and it affects the entire country. And unless we're all on the same page, we can't all make it through this. Now, if if the president wants to stand up and choose who gets to die because of his decision to leave the country open, then by all means, you know, I I want a tally of every single person who dies because the state chose to stay open, and I want him charged for the murder of every single person who dies because he decided to leave it to the states to make that decision. And I want all of the governors of those states to also have those charges. Because to me, it's, uh, you know, you got to decide where the buck stops. Where does the buck stop? Does it stop with the state government or does it stop with the federal government? I think in a case like this, with a magnitude like this, it stops at both. And so, you know, if that's the decision you're going to make as a, as a president, if that's the decision you're going to make as a governor, um, you should be able to be held accountable for it by the public.
1: Oh, no, you make a lot of sense. Like I said, like, like I'm not I don't I'm not I'm not gonna disagree with you like one way or another, it's separate opinion. Yeah. So yeah. But no, you, you do you do make a lot of sense. And it's I went so much convict them of the murders of the people for coronavirus, I wouldn't do that, but yeah. Well, I, mean, I mean like, like
2: negligent, ne- negligent
1: homicide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, like you said, like people need to be held accountable for the decisions that other people make. Um logically though you could say the same way, um if they lift the ban, people should make the choice and that's the biggest thing too is like all these evolve around people's choices. If they know how bad this is, they need to stay indoors. And that's the biggest problem we still have is that people aren't following these yeah these decisions. So I mean like even Trump could go on and say, hey listen, the ban is going on until June thirtieth. Right. But it's still up to us as a society to actually follow these orders. And oh, a lot sure. of people aren't doing that. I mean like nothing against the town I live in, I love the town I live in, but last Friday when it was a nice when it was nice weather and everything Fucking people were out, uh, bonfiring and having a good time and shit. And I'm like, you know, guys, like, listen, like, you know, like, just stay away from each other. Like, you know, yeah. like we, we were given 15 days to isolate ourselves and just be home. And we could have maybe seen a, 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 maybe a down or a, a decrease in the number, but we can't get that decrease because people aren't taking this shit seriously.
2: Yeah, I agree. So, so I mean, that, like, that's where, that's where I'd like to see the leadership, you know, of, of the country saying, you know, you need to take this seriously. Look how seriously we're taking it.
1: Yeah. And that, and that's one of the biggest things, too, is, like, you know, you have people like the mayor of Chicago who don't oh, seem agreed. to want to take this serious either. And yeah. that's and that's the stuff, too. It's like, it's one of those, like, you know, do as I say, not as I do situation. Mm-hmm, and, a lot, mm-hmm. and a lot of people who, no disrespect to them, aren't really thinking logically, are looking at it that way. It's like, well, sure, she can go out. So can I. Maybe it's right. not really that bad. And then that's when people fucking get For scared. sure.
2: For sure. I Yeah, I agree with that. That's a good take. Yeah.
1: Um. So we're we're going to dive back into this. Um. We'll we'll pick this up after the interview. I want to get uh Sophie on here and uh, get this going because I know she is ready and we aren't at that time that I promised her. So we're going to we're going to do pick up on uh that Corona at the end of the interview. So we're going to take a quick pause for the cause, plug out uh, one of our sponsors, and we will be back with oh my Sophie. this episode of this freaking show is brought to you by ballwash.com now it's no secret that the man's most prized possession also happens to be the most sensitive part of his body balls are prone to sweat odor causing bacteria and irritation upgrade your balls game with quality products formulated to keep your skin healthy and fresh guys that is where ballwash.com comes in go to ballwash.com right now check out the variety of products they have as well as kits and subscriptions they have available for you and when you hit that checkout button and you go to pay for that order, make sure you use the promo code FREAKNET, that's F-R-E-A-K-N-E-T, at checkout. It will save you 15% on your entire order. That's right, BallWash.com. When it comes to your sack, they got your back. All right, guys. Uh, It has been about a year and a half we've been trying to do this. I'm so excited that our... uh um, I guess I guess I could say it, the most positive thing about the coronavirus epidemic happening is that we finally find uh, our ourselves together. Oh my Sophie, you're finally here on the show.
0: I am so exciting, uh, man!
1: Right? I mean, like for I mean, obviously this is probably like the worst thing happening to our country. But hey, if it finally gets you on the show, I'm gonna take it.
0: Well, I'm excited to be here. I'm glad I mean, we finally found time to do this.
1: Well, well, wait for the interview to determine that. <laughs> Because clearly you see how bad it was just getting you onto this recording, uh, so we'll see how the rest of it goes. <laughs> I
0: don't okay. think it was that bad. <laughs>
1: yeah. On the plus side, uh, we don't have our third guest, our third host anymore here, uh, sniffling, coughing, and uh, completely being silent the entire time, so that's plus. Oh no! Right? No, it's okay, he, 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 he <laughs> went kidding. on to uh, yeah, right? Joey's got, Joey's gonna take over the sniffling in the background right. for us. Uh, <laughs> Now, he's on, he's on the bigger, better things with, uh, him not doing anything, but it's totally cool. We got, uh, <laughs> I know, right? We got me and Cartoon Joe here, and that's the biggest thing that's important, uh, plus our guests that we have here. Uh, Sophie, real quick, uh, I know I, uh, I promoted a lot about who you were on, uh, our Facebook page, but for people who don't really know you yet, you want to give a brief description on exactly who you are?
0: Yeah, I'm a grown woman who plays
1: dress up for a living. <laughs> there we go. So
0: Perfect. uh I build costumes. I teach social media marketing. My brand is Oh My Sophie, and I'm just living
1: the dream, man, with the best community on the world in the world. Awesome, awesome. Now, uh, one of the biggest things I want to know—I'm always curious about when I talk to any cosplayers because I've had uh, I've had a few cosplayers on the show, and a lot of them, I guess, you really uh, you actually know, especially like Super Casey, Nightmage uh, and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm always curious uh where cosplayers get their names like where do they get the idea for the names now um, Sophie I'm gonna assume your name Sophie uh, if it's not yeah. I, okay cool So, <clears throat> well, how did how did oh my Sophie become your cosplay name then like, I, I guess I get the Sophie part but like yo my and begin uh, in front of it
0: well so for the first like year and a half that I was like doing like professional cosplay I actually was part of a duo with my best friend Sissa we were ultra girls cosplay and then um Three years ago now, uh, one day she came and sat down, sat me down and was just like, hey, I'm going to be your biggest fan, but you're clearly, like, more serious about this than I am, and I just want you to go and do this. Like, she felt like she was holding me back. She had a full-time job. She was in the military, yeah. and uh, she was, you know, had to miss a lot of things. So she was like, I just want to share you on. You're going to go and do it. Um, so I had to rebrand everything because we weren't ultra girls anymore. And I just uh, was brainstorming for days, and I couldn't think of anything. And then one day I was just like, oh my goodness, what am I going
1: to do? And I don't know why that just stuck. I was like, oh my goodness. Oh, oh my, oh my. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's weird how like things like happen like that. Like yeah. with, uh, <clears throat> with my name, you know, Travis T, a lot of people think that Travis T is like, you know, my name's Travis and then my last name has to start with a T, which is not, uh, when I did pro wrestling, I was in pro wrestling school, I needed a gimmick. Oh. And a friend of mine, uh, said, why don't you just come out as Travis T, which in my head just didn't make any sense. Like, well, my last name starts with an S, not a T. He's like, yeah, but it's like the the word Travis T. So you just think oh. Travis T. Um, and I started thinking about it a lot more. I'm like, you know, I kind of like it, you know, and, um, after I got done doing the wrestling thing, uh, I was starting up this whole podcasting adventure with, uh, Joey, who's, uh, my stepbrother, my real life stepbrother wow. and, uh, he, uh, he started out, uh, as GeekCast Joe, because Joe is in, uh, another podcast, um, called GeekCast Live. And I was like, well, if he's Cartoon Joe, GeekCast Joe, whatever, like, I don't want to be just Travis. That's just boring, you know? So I was like, I'll just bring back Travis T, you know? Like, it, I think it's different. It's slightly unique. And it gives me, it gives me, like, that kind of name. And it plays out the fact that it is my real name with a little bit added to it. And the same thing with Joe, where, you know, his name's really Joe, but just cartoon in front of it. And then obviously my, for our our previous host was Colin, but we just called him awkward Colin because if he was uh, <laughs> Yeah, if you listen to any episodes with him in it, there's always that one moment where he silenced the entire podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that one moment when it's the whole yeah. time. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, um so you say you started podcasting with somebody. Now wh- what year was that and like what was your first like podcasting like um moment? Like what was your first convention? What was your first costume and you know, like how did Constance. that roll what did I say?
2: Podcasting.
1: I'm gonna say that a lot. I'm not gonna lie. That's I okay. I actually I, do
0: have a podcast
1: now, so it does work. Oh, perfect. See? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Shut my bad. Go. Just, just mute your mute your mic and you sit back. Just stop. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just,
2: I'll just sit here and sniff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, what, what was your what was your first uh your first moment like in the cosplay world? Like, you know, your first convention, and you're like. Like, how did, like, how did you get about creating your first costume? And how difficult actually was it? Cause I mean, like, that isn't something that you're, you're born with. I mean, you have to learn how to do this stuff. And obviously, oh, yeah. I've, I've seen a lot of your costumes nowadays and, uh, they're absolutely amazing. And I've actually, uh, watched a couple of, uh, your, um, your Twitch, uh, videos and, you know, you working on like a lot of like, uh, weapons and armor and stuff like that. Um, so it's, I mean, that, that's something I know I can never do. Like I know that for a fact. I, clearly, I can't even do this. I've been doing it for five.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> but, I always tell people that before cosplay, I couldn't glue two pieces of paper together, which isn't entirely true. But uh, man, YouTube's your best friend. You could do all the things through YouTube. Okay. Well, what was the first costume? <laughs> um, so my very first, my first, I st- so uh, going back to what you said about getting started in conventions. My first convention I went to was about five years before I made my first costume. So um, I went to Akon in Dallas, Texas. I'd never seen cosplay in real life. It was amazing. Um, I'd only seen it on TV. And so for a few years, I would return just to that show and I would buy costumes. And I was always looking online for costumes that i had seen there and I could never find them to purchase. And so I started asking. People were like, oh, I made it. And I was like, you, how? What? No. <laughs> um, so in 2015, 14, Late 2014, my first costume was actually Soren, which is the one I'm working on now again. Um the Planeswalker from Magic the Gathering.
1: Nice. And,
0: uh, I'm really, well, that's one of the reasons I decided, like, it's been five years, like, I'm gonna remake it, because I wanted to like, compare and contrast, like, them versus now, because, you know, I thought it was real good, but, uh, when I look back at those photos, I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you ever uh do you ever think about going back and like you know you're looking at your old costumes and you know maybe at that time in your career like you weren't really adapt to the creation con- or the creating mm-hmm. concept but you're like you know I'm gonna go back and recreate that and make it better than it was Have you ever done that or thought about doing something like that
0: This is the first one I'm doing like that so Soren is the very first one that I'm like um I'm going to like the first photo I put up when it's all said and done and we do the shoe, I'm going to put the side by side of the one from, we shot it in 2015 like January and then uh, awesome. the one I did now. And that way I can kind of talk about, you know, like you said, so what you said earlier about like, Oh, I can never do that in a million years. I hear that at conventions from like everyone who comes to my booth and I'm like, no, seriously, let me tell you, like, YouTube is your best friend. And with all the resources available now, like, you could do it, man. As long as you've got the patience and you like crying, you'll be
1: fine. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, Sounds I'm like not... my
2: kind of hobby. Yeah.
0: Lots of tears. <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you, Sophie. I've been uh, podcasting for about five years. I've had about 30-some-odd guests on. And the situation we had with you getting on here that, I mean, I do that every time. I could, I could promise you, if I went to go cut out something for me to cosplay in, I'd fuck it up. Like someone's like, oh, make me a tank top, and it'd end up looking like a nightgown. I know who I am. Mm-hmm. That's I, fair. I, Right? Like, I, I could talk, and I, I, I literally just told Joey this before we figured this whole Skype thing out. I was like, I just need somebody to do this for me. If I could find a producer, just for, just say, action, and then I talk, and that's it, I'd be golden. I just like yeah. for some reason, like 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 when it comes to creativity, I could do it mentally. Like especially like when pro wrestling. I mean a lot of pro wrestling is like about gimmicks and stuff like that. I could create characters and stuff like that. I could do that all mentally and stuff. But when it comes to physically creating something, that I just cannot do. First off I'm colorblind. So uh I couldn't make anything really colorful to begin with. Um I could never work for Elton John. I could be honest. <laughs> Right. Could not. He'd look like a like a Three Stooges uh like T V show, just black and white. He probably love uh, it. He probably would, right? You know, just like the Mo haircut. Yeah. Um But it it's one of those amazing things and it it, it always blows my mind. And that's why like um uh I've always been a huge a, a huge fan of yours and I think I found you through uh Super Casey uh when I had her on the show uh, we talked a lot about, like, some of the people she knew, and that's how, like, I kind of met Nightmage, and I, I believe I heard about Siren Ray from that, and, uh, she mentioned you as well. And, um I've, I always did my best to, you know, support you guys as much as possible, you know, buying, like, your prints and everything, Um which, I, I don't know how many of your guys' prints I bought, but I really need to hang them up somewhere. Well, yeah, I
0: appreciate to... that, man. You have been awesome throughout the years. Like, I see your comments all the time.
1: Right, and I, I always try to do my best, and I, I got to be honest with you, you are the only person that was never on the show that got plugged on the on my uh, Facebook page so much. Like, I'm like, I'm, like, I'm like, I know one day she's going to be on, so I'm really just going to fucking, like, sell the shit out of I well, lay it
2: out.
1: Oh, yeah. And I got to be honest with you, too, like, you know, like, when you sent me that uh, link on Instagram, to, like, you know, so I was able to share it onto my story. Oh, yeah. I have never done anything like that before in my life, and I was I was freaked out that it worked. Um, you post stuff on your social media like it seems like not even a daily thing but almost like an hourly thing. like you are so involved in social media and I recently just uh, saw on your Facebook uh, that you reached over a thousand uh, followers on your page so congratulate a hundred thousand followers on your page so congratulations for that. Thank you. Right, like I'm, I'm hoping to break. Maybe I don't even know how many. We Where do we have like 250? Joey, I like, mean, no, that sounds right. About it's right. like it's like
2: 250. Like it sounds. i like that sounds like 200 more people than probably. <laughs> it, right.
0: I can it, help. One of the I have a bit of a home field advantage just because um, my second passion is social media marketing and helping creators grow their brands. And so oh, nice. while I can't like guarantee you're gonna get X amount of followers I can teach you the behaviors that get you in front of the right people.
1: Excellent. I would love for That's you me. to teach Joey to do that. Heck yeah <laughs> <laughs> wait <laughs> um, I thought that at the end. Right? But I mean like I mean I mean between Twitch, Instagram, uh Facebook, I mean you are like everyone, like even uh even your Patreon. you post so much on that too for uh for uh, your patrons and all that, I mean, like, it, it's amazing how much time you can find to do stuff like that in between creating all these costumes.
0: It is, it's taken years to find a balance, and I would argue that I get off kilter a lot. Um, but, like, community is super important to me because, like, uh, I mean, I genuinely don't think I would be where I am today without, like, for example, like Super Casey. Um, like my community has given me so much and gotten me to where I am and the opportunities that I have. And so like, I just like being present. Like I like being able to respond to comments and I like not just like putting my content out there so that I'm visible, but then I put it out there, people comment and I can have conversations. And I, I don't know. I love social media. My parents put a phone in my hand when I was 10 and I've never looked back.
1: <laughs> when you're at 10?
0: When I was ten, I had um one of those really big like uh Virgin mobile phones because I was doing a sleepover at the school and I'm an only child, so my parents are hyper overprotective, and so that day they went and got me a giant Virgin mobile phone so that my mom could call me. <laughs> it <was the>
1: best. <laughs> oh wow, well. yeah, I'm a middle child, so my parents didn't give a shit. So. Oh no. I know, good for you, and your and your your loving parents. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, like, my my parents my parents yeah. are really cool. My, my my mom's super supportive. My dad just doesn't want me to be an idiot. So
0: that's fair. I, yeah.
1: Really? Well, really? And I'm not. Both are
2: sets. I think there's like seven of us. So you know, if they lost a few, it was no great
1: loss. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You oh, know, yeah. that's the thing that's dumb. It's like, well, I guess not dumb, but um. So, so Joey, Joey's dad and my mom got married and, uh, from my mom there was four of us and from, uh, my stepdad there were three of them. And somehow, I still ended up being like the middle fucking child in all this. <laughs> oh no,
0: you just got put right in the middle.
1: Like, it's just, I can never win and I, like, I, I kid you not, my dad told me not to be stupid. I mean, in my graduation card when I got out of high school. Congratulations Travis, don't be stupid. Love dad. Uh, I was more, I was more surprised about the love part because my dad's like, he's in that older generation. Like my dad, my Uh, dad and mom had like a huge, and I don't want to get This is actually your interview, but let's talk about me for a minute. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, my parents have such a large age gap. So like when I was born, you know, my mom was like 22, but my dad was 35. So he grew up in a different era. And, you know, he really didn't get loudly, like, I love yous and stuff like that. There was one day where I was on the phone, on my phone with my dad. I was like 20, 22 years old and stuff like that. And my dad's like, oh, right, Travis, I'll see you later. I'm like, okay, dad, see ya. He's like, oh, I love you. And I'm like, wait, what? In my head, I'm like, shit, does he have cancer? Is he dying? I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Cause no, I mean, I haven't heard that since I was like 10. Anyway. Oh, no. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get, we'll get back to my problems later. I really, yeah. I really want to focus on you before, before I uh, get, uh, off kilter. Is that a good word, Joe? Kilter?
2: Yep. Perfect. Thanks.
1: Joe's my, uh, my dictionary. Um, uh, so, um, you go to a lot of uh, conventions and everything. Uh, which one was, which one has been your favorite since you started? Or like, is there one that you make sure no matter what you attend yearly? Um, like where, how do you decide on the conventions you attend and how far do you, uh, do you travel for them?
0: So um in terms of favorite convention like yearly, like Akon in Dallas, Texas is where like I discovered the community and I used to go every year. Um I went for about seven years in a row. It was just it's just my happy place. Like that's okay. where I fell in love with cosplay. Um, the last three years I so I love being at conventions, but I like doing like the panels and being right in the community. So um, I do professional guesting. I usually do two to four shows a month. Um, so this break is kind of weird because I'm like, where, where do I go? Uh, so I haven't really gotten to do a leisure con just for fun in a long time. Um, but I'm supposed to be going to Yeti con just for fun, which is in Canada this June. And I was so excited. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, it's not going to (laughs) happen. I can just tell.
1: Yeah. And was there ever a point in your, uh, in your career where like you went from asking to be part of a, uh, Convention compared to being invited to a convention, like was there like that moment in your career where that happened and it was kind of like one of those like like epiphany kind of things, like holy shit, this is going somewhere.
0: So I I really think that I uh, not in terms of like my whole career, like I definitely feel like I've worked hard, but there was a lot of luck involved for me getting started Um mm-hmm. because there was a brand new convention in Kansas City called Kansas City Comic Con, and my first year doing it like. Quote unquote professionally. So I was doing like little things here in town, like I was going to comic book shops and getting paid to be there, whatever it may have been. Um, yeah. But out of like, I hadn't even thought about guesting at a show, and this show reached out to me and invited me. So I was fortunate to get that from like the get go. Um, I do, if there's even today, like even though I have like uh, companies and brands like that run shows, like at uh, the GalaxyCon, Wizard World, and that that I work with, and a lot of independent shows. If there's a show that I really want to do that has not reached out to me, I still send out media hits. Um, I feel like there's, like, this misconception that at some point you just start getting invited 100% of the time and you don't have to, like, you know. But if you enjoy guesting, like, some like that's my bread and butter is getting to be with the people. Being on Instagram is cool, but getting to hang out with you face-to-face is, like, what it's about, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I will still actively seek shows. Like, at the beginning of the year, I take a look at my calendar for what I have booked. I decide what weekends are open, and
1: then I will like pursue shows that I really like. Gotcha, gotcha. Got now, uh, normal conventions, and I, I'm not huge into conventions as much as I would want to be. Um, but conventions are usually about three days, right? Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Maybe sometimes four. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So when you're traveling to these conventions, you always plan to bring like a different costume for every day. Is that like the norm?
0: Yeah, that's very like like standard. Um mm-hmm. like this industry hasn't been around long enough for there to be really like a standard, but we're kind of starting to like notice the trend now. It like shows like you they've always liked you to have a different costume for all three yeah. days. Um they also like like at least at the bare minimum your Saturday costly like to be something that you handmade unless you're there as like a personality or a model. Um which costly guests can be from so many different like avenues. But typically they want you to have one day where it's a costume you made yourself at least. But if you come onto the show floor two days in a row with the same costume and there's not a reason, like there wasn't a malfunction or an emergency, then that can look real bad on you.
1: I imagine. Yeah, because I remember like I was talking, uh, I think it was Nightmage, uh, when I was talking to him about the costume he creates. Uh He says, I, I if I remember correctly, because it's been a while since I talked to him, but he almost has like a storage unit. Full mm-hmm. of costumes that he's created throughout his entire career. Um, is, yeah. is there, now, when you create something, uh, is there a, a time where you'll rewear it? Or is it almost like a one and done? Like, I built this, I love it, but now it's gonna be kinda pushed off to the side for something new. I mean, cause I mean, like, I mean, I, I don't know how long it takes cosplayers to create costumes. I've, I've had, like, some say, like, I could do something in 48 hours, I could do something in 4 months. Um, but something takes four months, like, is it really hard to, I mean, like, to just wear it once and just brush it off? Because, I mean, it seems like that would be something you want to wear constantly.
0: Yeah, so I um call myself a speed builder, because when I start a costume, there's a certain span of time before I'm bored and already thinking about my next project, so I have to, like, rock out a costume as fast as I can to the best of my ability otherwise I I just have so many unfinished projects because my brain I just have so many things I want to cosplay in. um so I try not to wear them just once I used to be real notorious for that I just my brain would move so fast that I'd build something spend the money to make it and then wear it one day and then that was it and it was just like collect dust because I also don't sell my costumes um, or I didn't used to but uh one of my focuses over the last six months and moving forward is kind of slowing down because I'm trying to move into the competitive um, space a little bit. So mm. I'm taking a little bit more time with my costumes, and I'm slowing down, which means I'm re-wearing them,
1: Oh, wow. which is okay. Nice. Awesome, awesome. When you go to these conventions and you're wearing these costumes you create, um, do you find yourself just... You know, like, hey, I'm just on my Sophie and here's my costume. Or do you, uh, do you, uh, become the character that the costume, uh, like is? Cause I've been to, uh, I've been to C2E2, uh, a couple times and it's probably one of my favorite. Um, yeah. the only one compared to it is Indie PopCon. Uh, so, uh, Indie Pop, no, I'm wrong with Indie PopCon, but I mean, compared to C2E2, it's almost no yeah. comparison. Um, so I've met people who, um, I guess I, I guess Super Casey's kind of that way. Like she's Super Casey, but she's cosplaying uh Superwoman, Supergirl, Squirrel Girl, uh stuff like that. Uh Scarecrow is probably one of my favorite uh oh costumes my she created. I'm buying that off of her. We've been
0: talking about that. <laughs> it's
1: it's uh, it, I mean she did such good work and even like the Beauty and the Beast yeah. thing she did with uh, Nightmage. Um yeah. but she doesn't. She doesn't. Come, she doesn't become that character. Uh, but I've met people who do become the characters. Uh I can't. I don't know my names off the top of my head. I wish I did. Uh, but I mean, how does that work for you? Like, do you just like, hey, I'm on my Sophie, and here's my Spider Gwen, or do you become Spider Gwen?
0: Um, there are times when I will like get into character for something. Like if I'm on stage doing something, or especially if there's like kids and whatnot. Um, but. For the most part, I don't. Mainly because I'm an awful actress. That's why all my cosplay <laughs> music videos have music over them.
1: <laughs> how how is it getting on stage? I mean, like, was it nerve wracking the first time, or are you like a very like outgoing person where it didn't bother you being in, being in front of everyone and the whole focus is on you?
0: So. That's another when I talk to people and they're like, oh, I couldn't do this. One of the stories I tell them is how like uh, before cosplay. So I've always been like, I'm I'm pretty extroverted. But before cosplay, I was wildly insecure. And if you even made me stand in front of five people, I would literally black out. Like I did a public speaking Mm -hmm. class in college and I literally blacked out um that was just the most fearful thing in the world to me but cosplay helped me like conquer that because the first time i ever got asked to do a panel was with ali smith who runs uh kc cosplay photography she's incredible her and her husband also a little apple comic-con um but she invited me onto a panel and i was about to have like a panic attack backstage but i like took a minute in my head i was like if i want to do this then i have to just do it and it was literally like the hardest thing I've ever done getting on stage and None. talking to people that time. But every time it got easier and it got easier. And I had like an epiphany moment because like, everything moves so fast. They do so much stuff that time's just kind of speeding by. Um, mm-hmm. And last summer at I was at Tokyo and Tulsa, which is one of the, uh, hands down I super recommend that show. One of the best shows I've ever been a part of. Uh, just the passion and love. But, Uh, at the end they had, they handed us the mic on stage to this huge crowd and had us like do like just say whatever about the show, which usually I've got an idea ahead of time of what I'm going to say when I get on stage. I'm never like put on the spot, you know? Um, And I was very put on the spot and exposed, but I didn't even think about it. I was just like talking to the crowd and we were like yelling together and having a great time. And I remember stepping off that stage and like flashing back five years and being like, wow, like (laughs) just the determination to do this because I so badly wanted to be able to, and, like, here I am. And so I always tell people, like, it's scary, and anxiety is a real thing, but if you want it, just try it, man. It's worth trying. Mm -hmm. If you do it four times and you hate it every time, then don't do it. But if it's something you think you want to pursue, getting on stage and being confident in that manner and public speaking, I super recommend it.
1: Gotcha. Uh, I'm going to ask you the one question that everyone hates me asking, but I got to do it. (laughs) Um, Tell me me which costume is your favorite.
0: Oh, so my answer to this every time is whichever one I just made. Mm-hmm. Uh, because what I do is I make a costume and I'm like, oh, my gosh, 10 out of 10, best costume ever. And then I start on my next costume. And by the time I finish that one, like, I can see all the imperfections that I, in my last costume that I fixed in the new one. And then I'm like, oh, I hate that one now. This one's my favorite. So um, until about two days ago, it was Vigar. But now Soren is looking real fresh, so it's already Soren.
1: Yeah. You know, every time I get that, I every time I ask that question, I always get the same. Like, oh, I can't pick that. I can't. I can't answer that. I can't. I think Kids Who is probably the only one that could. <laughs> um, oh yeah, that's yeah. definitely
0: the number one question. But I don't mind it because mine changes all the time, so no one's gonna get the same answer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. I feel special. I'm not gonna lie
0: yeah
1: <laughs> that's the answer just for you <laughs> Right. um well i mean obviously being a cosplayer one of the biggest things outside of social media that uh that you're involved in are these conventions and everything and obviously that's not happening currently with this whole pandemic going on so um i know you mentioned like you know you do have the free time now because of that but how have you been adapting to this and like i mean like um I think, uh, Joey used the, uh, the right term a, a couple weeks ago by Cameron Wood. Um, Joey, do you remember the word you used about being, uh, stuck at home? No. And it's in, it's in the title of the podcast, too. Hmm. I, anyways. Sorry. <laughs> <I'm stuck laughs> <in the picture. laughs> yeah, but trapped. Yeah, there was, uh, there was another word. I just, I, it's basically trapped. I mean, how, how have you been dealing with feeling trapped, uh, being at home knowing that, you know, hey, you know, I got, convention to get ready for this weekend, and I got nowhere to go. You know, like, how have you been adapting with that? So
0: I – it was, for the first few days, I had a little bit of a panic. Like, I was in Myrtle Beach when they canceled Planet Comic-Con, which was my next show. And then I got home, and a few other shows started and events started canceling. And so I did have a moment of panic because my whole, like, business structure in – that environment is set up for, like, I'm preparing for the next show. I finish that show, and then I'm preparing for the next show. I'm building for it. I'm planning my programming. Uh, but a wise YouTuber named Pokey Nate once talked to me about how you've got to be able to adapt, especially in the digital age. So I immediately game planned. Like, this may not be the first time this happened. It may happen a lot. What should I do? So now I'm filling as much free time I can as possible with things like this. So, like, that's why i was saying, like, you literally reached out to me at the perfect time because I just decided to switch gears. So, like, I need to focus on making time for the things that I just couldn't find time for before, like podcasts and a lot more live streams and even more content and more diverse. Like I'm doing a lot of YouTube videos like everyone is online right now. So if I want to connect with my audience, I have to be as hyper digital as possible.
1: Oh yeah, Jim. The term was stir crazy. So, stir right. crazy. yeah.
2: Sorry, I, I didn't think uh, that was
1: it. <laughs> Joey, yeah,
2: I, I'm not, oh, on, sorry. no, oh, no, I,
1: please. I, I, you know, what? I I have no problem interrupting Joey every chance I get, <laughs> but the one thing I'm not gonna do is interrupt my guests. So please go
0: so, ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, I'm hyper extroverted, and so like the first few days I was like, this is cool. I'll get so much done, and now we're like three or four weeks into this, and I'm just like, oh, oh, I. I like literally need people to like recharge. Look, I have my, my husband and stuff, but like our friend group, like we have such a tight knit, like, knit, like squad and we haven't been able to see them or hang out and I haven't been able to go to conventions. So stir crazy is 100% the word.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I honestly like, it's, I know, I know Joey when he talked about it. I mean, it's been bothering him a lot. Uh, for me, not so much. I mean, my ass groove and my couch is the same as it's ever been, and uh, maybe as comfy as ever. Right? I mean, like, I, like, I, I have no problem. Like, I, I'm so, like, and it's not because I'm an introvert. I just, I just like my time. Um, yeah. I mean, I've, especially like one of and I don't, I don't want to say that I'm always constantly busy. I'm not bragging about it, but I mean, like, between, you know, this podcast, the other podcast, building this Freakness Studios whole thing that we have going on, like I I always try to keep myself busy. And me and yeah. Joey are trying to work on a book and stuff together and I'm trying to put notes together for that. So That's awesome. Right, yeah. So it's like it, it's like it's me putting my time into this passion and at the same time I'm broke as fuck. So it's not <laughs> like I can really go out and spend money anyways. So it's like a win win. I don't have to see people, I can just work on money, I don't have to spend money. Um but I guess being a uh a podcaster and uh uh, uh a a, a um, aspiring YouTuber because apparently I want to jump into the uh you know, the the popular shit like 10 years later but whatever. <laughs> I feel that, man. <laughs> right? Like I've, I've seen it, like telling like Joey and like the other guys who do like a podcast and the freaking series, like oh, we should create YouTube videos. And like you said they're thing, it's like, yeah, it's going to be awesome. But it's like, damn, this shit was like important like 8, 9 years ago. But yeah, I mean, I know there's going to be a wave that comes by coming back oh it's
0: happening right now
1: that's
0: one of the reasons i really wanted to start focusing on that this year because the wave is now yeah so
1: right so i mean this freaking show freakness usually like this this is our moment to become the next good mythical morning or uh or try guys you know the the next oh my sophie but not (laughs) as uh, awesome because clearly i don't know what the hell i'm doing but I don't it's,
0: know, it's I a, think you
1: should try to make some of the, like, mimic some of my costumes so we can do side-by-side. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie, if I was to mimic one of your costumes, you'd block me on social media and ask me to take design, like, you bastardized <laughs> everything I did in my life. No, go, I would love it. <laughs> you know, Super Casey told me I need to cosplay, too, and I just, like, and, and that was another thing that we kind of talked about a little bit, and we got into, like, the conversation about gender-bending. Yeah. Um... I, well, real quick before I tell my story, how do you feel about gender band? Do you try to focus a lot on female characters or do you uh, also like to gender bend and do male characters as well?
0: I would say 8 out of 10 of my costumes are gender bends, and I don't know what it is about like, I don't know, it's just the design. I like, I think part of it is like I really like designing uh, original versions of characters. That's been something I've been passionate about since the very beginning. Um, but the community has only recently really started like accepting and being interested in that. Um, so I love taking male characters like Sorin and like making them female, like like gender bending them myself, designing it because then it feels not only like I'm making a costume, uh, but like that I'm it, it is more mine than it is when it's just cosplay. Like I love doing screen accurate, for sure. don't get me wrong, but there's something extra special when
1: it's like your flair on it and people still recognize the character, like mm-hmm. that's great. Pretty- yeah. It, it's, it's your own flair. It's that it's yeah. Sophie brand over anything. And that's really cool. And um, I, I, I think that's one of the best things when it comes to cosplaying is like, I'm not a huge fan of uh, a cosplayer that whose costume looks exactly like who they're portraying, but something different. And I think that's where gender branding becomes one of the cool concepts. Again, I want to go back to Super Casey Scarecrow. It's one of the, it's probably one of the oh. coolest uh uh gender bending that um like i've really actually like physically seen you know because like and i know how much work she puts into it i know how much she hates and Nightmage could do the same thing she does in like a quarter of the time um but it's really cool that stuff did that and like when i was talking to her about it uh like, when I talk about, you know, cosplaying, like, if I ever was a costume, like, when I do Halloween, my costume's the same thing every year. I'm Toby Keith. And the only reason I'm Toby Keith that's is because I have a hat, a bandana, and a jean jacket. And that's all you do. I already wear boots all the time and jeans. I live in the country. All I need is to put my jean jacket on, put a bandana on, throw a cowboy hat, and one more necklace, and okay. I can be Toby Keith. Yeah. I mean, back when I was thinner, I could have pulled off Zach Brown. I just, you know, take the cowboy hat off and put a uh, beanie cap on. Any, any overweight country singer I could, I could do. I'm at the point where I'm almost Cole Fordish, but whatever. Um, <laughs> so when I was thinking cosplaying, I was like, oh, really I could do like Hagrid, because, you know, I'm 6'2", six 6'2". Two, six two um, I'm just south of four hundred pounds, oh yeah, my weight that's what I wanna to talk to you about too fuck um <laughs> but i'll get I'll get into that in a minute uh, but um, like for me, it's like always like you know it's one of the it's a big guy thing. It's like hagrid or uh and Chewbacca cool. and stuff like that. Um but she says no, when it comes to cosplay, you could be anything. So I was like, I think if I was to ever cosplay, I want to be Peter Dinklage from uh Whoa. Infinity Wars. Yes. yes. Ten out
0: of ten. Right. I support this. Right.
1: So I'm gonna I think if, uh, if C two E two twenty twenty one, if I am to cosplay, I'll try I'll try to figure it out. Uh I'll have to start now to make sure I do it right. Um I just have to try to be a giant dwarf with uh stone hands. So there are,
0: like, three whole tutorials just for making every part of Hagrid. And I know there shall be hundreds more. We can do it, man.
1: Right? And I live, like, 40 minutes away from where C2E2 is, so I don't have oh. to travel with many costumes. I can just go home, put on new costumes, show up there. I mean, who knows? Maybe by that day, Freakness Studios will have its own booth and stuff like that. I mean, I'm sure I could just buy, like, foam hole cans for... uh Dinklage a uh, little. Oh, yeah, oh paint in yellow.
0: Dinklage, yeah. Yeah, right. Sorry, but, I said Hagrid. Hell yeah.
1: But no, Hagrid too. I mean, I, I, it's like, it's like, it's like, I think, I think starting out to find my comfort zone, um, because I'm not a big in person kind of guy. Like, I, I'm not gonna lie. Between you and me, I don't think Super Casey listens to the show, so I can say this with confidence. <laughs> <laughs> I spoke to Supercase. I've had she's been on my show twice I've messaged back and forth with her we had the dip uh dick butt thing going um (laughs) but when I met her in person I was completely fucking nervous and um it wasn't because like it it wasn't like I was like starstruck because I always I mean getting to know her I know she's a person just like me but the entire time like I was trying to talk to her like all these people kept coming up to her and every time like somebody would come up to her I'd be like, fuck, you know, I'm interrupting this, you know, I'm like, I'm taking away her time from her, from you know, these times with everyone else. So, it always, it kind of drew me back into this, like maybe I should just not worry about this and you know, just like say bye. And so, I felt really bad about. <laughs> about, like, kind of, like, cutting our conversation short and just leaving and shit like that, but it just felt like I was pulling away from, like, her fans who, who were there to talk to her. Um, I don't know if maybe she felt that way. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing not, but that's just how my yeah. mind works is, like,
0: yeah.
1: Like, if I go up and, like, I think Siren Ray was supposed to be at C2E2 and I was going to talk to her too. I, I think you were supposed to be at C2E2 and I was supposed to talk to you, but you left, like, a day early or you left early on Sunday or something like that.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, oh, last year we left super yeah. early
1: yeah so like i it's just it's just like how i work like i can sit here and have a conversation with you and like everything's fine and i can tell you about how much my dad doesn't want me to be dumb <laughs> uh, but like if we're like in person with each other like i'd be so self-conscious about saying something dumb to where like i get that facial expression like this is why no one wants to talk to me no. uh, or like i'm interrupting something else going on regardless if like regardless if I'm also a fan, they're trying to talk to you. If somebody else comes up and like, crap, I'm going to step away so they can have their time. Um But that's just who I am. Uh, but it's trying to, like, get over that fear because I know eventually, like, in order to do what I'm doing, I'm going to have to have social interactions with people. I yeah. went to a wrestling show a couple months ago, and the guy sitting behind me was actually a fan of the podcast. Oh, and- wow. Yeah, and he started talking to me, but you know, because I, I I have this podcast, but I have a, another podcast where we talk about pro wrestling. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, hey, aren't you Travis And I was like, wait, what? And he's like, yeah, from the podcast. I'm like, yeah, man. He's like, dude, me and your me and my daughters listen to your show all the time. I'm like, oh, damn, I wouldn't let your daughters listen to this show, but um, cause I, I cuss a lot. It's just what it is. Um, but he's like, no, no, we really like your show. You're really funny and everything. I was like, yeah, you know, this is Dizzle J, who's my co-host. He's like, oh man, that's awesome. And. Uh, it was, really, I mean, having that moment's really cool. Um, but I was able to kind of talk with him a little bit, but it wasn't so much. I think, I guess like if people come up to me, I'm okay. But if I go up to other people, it feels like I'm wasting their time. You know?
0: Is it because of the booth thing where you talk? Is it like, is there a booth barrier? Or is it even people just like standing next to you or in front of
1: you? Uh, the booth could play a factor in it. But when I was talking to Super Casey, she was outside the booth. So she was oh, like, okay. right there. Um, I think a lot of it has to do too is like I because like a lot of people that came up to her were like kids and uh, <laughs> I didn't want to be a bad guy to the kids by saying like Hey Wendy, you know, take your turn, you know, shit. You know? <laughs>
0: Hurry up Wendy.
1: Right, yeah. So uh <laughs> <clears throat> but it's, I guess there's always that thing, like I I and I maybe it is the booth thing too. Like maybe like, you know, I, I see that there's a pecking order in life and like even though I'm a creator, you guys are a creator, but I'm down here and you guys are up here. So I think like, maybe subconsciously there's that too, but I, I don't know, I guess I'd have to like talk to her in person again and see how it goes. I really don't know. That um boost
0: barrier is a very real thing.
1: Is oh, it? Really? Have, yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Well, fun fact, uh, in 20, uh, 2016, the very first time I ever went to C2E2, I actually took a picture with like Super Casey, Nightmage, and a bunch of other people. They were just all walking around in their superhero costumes. Um, I think she was Scarlet Witch and Night Mage was Vision and there were a bunch of other people there. And we, like me and uh, Awkward Colin went and we took a group picture with all of them. But I didn't know that was Super Casey at that moment until we had her on the podcast. I was like, oh shit, I know who this is. She's in the photo that we took and then Night Major's was in there too and everything. So we had like a brief conversation there too where I think she just kind of treated me like a fan um but then i think like it all changed like was like well now i was the host of a podcast you're interviewing on and now and i guess another way too is like, i guess Travis is more of a character actually i, I don't want to talk about myself fuck this we're not talking about me <laughs> no <you're good. laughs> we, we, uh, we, we talk we, we talk way too much about me tell me about your podcast you said you had one.
0: Oh yeah so um me and april gloria started a podcast in january we do it once a month it's called hot glue and bobby pins and we just talk real candidly about um, life as like professional creators, being women online, um, attending conventions, like issues, like about like issues in our community, as well as just like interesting things that are going on in our community. And uh, we just talk really candidly about it. We just we wanted to we wanted to see more of that in our community because there's yeah. there needs to be more like candid conversation, open conversation. Like one of our most popular episodes of the whole three that we have. Um, was about guesting at shows because no one really, in the grand scheme of things, there's not many people being super honest about what your contracts look like, your media kit, what kind of money you're making, how you go about that. And so uh, our podcast is just kind of focused around just being real real about what we do, where we're going, and what happens to us. and sharing that information with
1: other people in our realm. Where can people find your podcast at?
0: Um, everywhere I think Spotify, Apple, and Pod Podbean is that a thing? I think that's yeah, a thing.
1: Podbean yeah
0: yeah definitely yeah. yeah. Yeah,
2: I've also awesome. found it here on YouTube.
0: Oh yes, I have it on my YouTube channel. I have two episodes on there. April might have more on hers. I need to get the newest episode up on there actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just us rambling about life and cosplay.
1: <laughs> awesome. I'm going to ask you one more question and then uh, I'm going to let you plug all your stuff um, there's a movie out there called uh, The Princess Bride <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, what's your thoughts on it what kind of movie I mean is it a good movie do you like the movie do you think it's a cult classic um, or do you agree with me where it's garbage
0: I feel bad because I feel really indifferent about it. Like I've seen it, and it's cool, but I wouldn't like, put it this way, when you see people, like there's like once a year where there's a bubble where everyone's like, oh my gosh, we're all watching Princess ride It like pops up again and every time of year that comes around, I'm like, I would rather watch anything else. <laughs> to be blatantly
1: honest. To the I just don't,
0: I just don't get it. Like. I don't hate it, but I just don't get how it became a cult classic. But then again, I can't really talk because I have a secret Twilight shrine, so I'm not allowed <laughs> to speak about movies.
1: <laughs> it's okay. I love Twilight, and I hate Princess Brides. So Team
0: Edward. I'm just.
1: Saying. Oh, actually, I'm Team Billy Black. So okay,
0: that's fair. That's a good team. That's a good. But well, let's remember that our Pat's is now our Batman.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh no! You hate it
1: i I'm not a big d c guy to begin with um okay. but uh i I mean you know it can't be worse than ben Affleck and, <gasps> i mean yeah i mean I mean Val Kilmer was Batman at one point. George Clooney was fucking Batman at one point, I <laughs> so I mean like i mean there there's really a certain point where like anyone could fucking be Batman at some point Yes. <laughs> Although Everyone I think
2: should be people... Batman at some point yeah
0: just I'll one... take
1: terms <laughs> I don't
0: want to be Batman.
1: C two E two twenty twenty one travesty will be Batman. Perfect. <laughs> Alright. I'll just have to get in shape. That's why I wanted to talk about holy shit, I keep forgetting about my weight. Uh so <laughs> one right, it's gonna make sense here in a minute, I promise. Yeah. Um one of the biggest reasons I became such a fan of yours was not even the cosplay stuff, but uh you were doing the keto diet around the same time I started. Yeah. How did how did you uh how did you decide to start doing it? And how, well, how what what success did you find with it?
0: Oh, well, I still, so I'm permanent keto. I've been keto for two and a half years. Um, and I, so I had hypothyroidism. I've been on pills for that for like 10 years. Uh, I was super addicted to sugar. Like, uh, those full throttle energy drinks, I was drinking like two or three a day and Mm -hmm. I had crazy anxiety and I had no answers for myself. I was just like, well, this is just the way I'm going to be. And my weight would fluctuate wildly. I'd be like, in the 130s and then I'd be like in the 180s within months it would go back because of the hypothyroidism and I just saw no way out for myself so I I was actually thinking about quitting cosplay actually because I hated seeing photos of myself there was one convention where I got tagged in a bunch of photos and I I just laid in bed and cried that night I was so unhappy because I didn't recognize myself and I just yeah it was a wild time in my head but um I, the next weekend went to a different convention with April. We were a guest at Wizard World Oklahoma City together. And she, in the morning, was putting butter in her coffee. And I was like, what are you doing? And she was like, oh, keto. And all she told coffee. me all about it. Yeah. And literally the next week, that Monday, I started it. Within mm-hmm. three months, I was off of my thyroid pills. Like my doctor took me off of them. My thyroid isn't stable ever since. Uh my anxiety all but went away. I mean I still have anxiety attacks here and there, like people do, um, uh, but not like it used to be. I'm not addicted to sugar anymore. Like sugar is a treat. Like I have cheat days and I get to have a little bit of sugar, but usually I choose fries because I do miss French fries. Um <laughs> But uh for me, I know keto gets a lot of like you're not supposed to talk about keto because it annoys people. Uh but the success that I found with it personally and other people who've shared their stories with me, I'm just the biggest
1: fan of, uh, yeah. a ketosis diet. Yeah, uh, and it's, it's one of those things like I know a lot of people don't like keto just because they think they don't, they don't really know it. Yeah. Like, all, all they hear is like, oh, so what, you just think you eat bacon and eggs and eat burgers without buns and you'll be, it's like, it's not that. I mean, that's, I think it's called dirty keto. Like when you go to McDonald's and order a burger without a bun and ketchup and stuff like that. Um, it's a concept of keto, but that's not what keto really is. The whole focus on keto is this, it's using good fats uh and everything yes. um like avocados and stuff um I loved keto I regret not being on it I know eventually I gotta get back on because when I started it, I started it in uh january twenty eighteen i think it was for so from january of twenty eighteen to may of twenty eighteen I lost sixty pounds and I was at four forty I was at four forty five at the end of twenty seventeen and there was a photo taken of me, I think it was around fourth of July or uh Labor Day, one of those. I was at my aunt's house and I just loaded I looked like somebody dragged me drug me out of the fucking river. I was so bloated and gross looking. Oh no. And I know like it like I never saw a photo as bad as I did then. And I just like, holy shit and luckily I have a grandmother that loves me enough to point it out to me too. Um but uh I was like, you know what? There's something that needs to change. So I was trying to figure, find a diet that worked and I was trying every fucking diet. You know, like I tried Weight Watchers, uh, um, NutriSystem, uh, I even tried the military diet, which almost made me pass out at work one day. So I wouldn't recommend doing that one. Oh no. Um, yeah. So I found a keto one and actually, uh, Jackie, uh, who I did an entire keto um series uh back in february of last year i had her on and she's a huge keto person she's a prove it salesman and uh she has this whole facebook page uh uh, bama mom alabama mama i really should know it and i feel bad jackie i apologize if you hear this and i I (laughs) get it wrong but uh I talked to her more about keto and she gave me all the information about it and it made me work. I went from four thirty five at the end of December because I tried to lose weight through all these other diets and it only got me down like ten pounds. But I went from four thirty five to four uh to three seventy in five months. Yeah. And um it was incredible and all of a sudden the girl I was seeing at the time broke up with me and my life just
2: went to shit know. weird way.
1: Yeah, it was just, it was weird and I I I, I a lot of people probably don't agree with me, but a lot of dieting is mental too. You need to yes. be in the mindset to make it work. And yes. I started talking to her in December. We started dating in February, and I was just so fucking happy. And and she kind of kept me in check, you know she She made me like keto brownies because I was missing like brownies. She made me these yeah. keto lemon bars, which were absolutely amazing. The brownies sucked. Um, <laughs> But the, the lemon bars were phenomenal and I love lemon. Lemon and cherry, my two favorite flavors in the world. Uh, so she made me do lemon bars and they are phenomenal. But then like when we broke up, it was, it was a shitty way. She did it over the phone, which was hot fucking garbage. Uh, oh. and I text no doubt. Trashy. Ugh. Um, no. but it's that whole big bullshit. It's like, oh, I'm not ready to date. But she started dating someone else briefly after. So it is what it is. But like I never got over that. And then when I finally did get over, I wanted to get back into keto. I just really didn't get my mind into it because other shakes yeah when I went on. But I was telling Joey uh when we're done when we're done recording and all that stuff at the end I have an idea for him and uh, I'm gonna bring you in on it uh, later too because I think you might be able to help. Yeah, right? A little behind the scenes stuff for people to be like, Oh shit, what's happening? That's how you that's how you draw people in. See that's what I do. <laughs> um, yeah. But um but I mean, other than Jackie, I, I mean, you posted a lot of stuff on keto too that I kind of followed and like it was like really inspiring for me then. And that was one of the things I always want to talk about you too is like, you know, not only did, you know, you really bring a lot of joy from like your cosplaying and stuff like that, but you really motivated me doing, uh, through the keto stuff. So I do appreciate and thank you for that.
0: Yeah, no, you're welcome. I am, like you said, such a fan of it. It definitely changed. Like you said about that photo, like that moment where you like, that's exactly how that night was for me when yeah. I saw all those photos. Like not even like necessarily like how I looked, but it was just like, this is what I've done to my body. You know, I want to be healthy. Like I'm not 16 anymore. I need to think about like my health and where I'm going. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I'm a super fan. It changed my life. Also Walmart as of today is selling keto ice cream and now my life is even better. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'll have to check that out. Well where can uh where can our listeners find you, not only on social media, but where they can support you and everything that you do.
0: Um, so on socials I'm on all of them that I can possibly be on. <laughs> so Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Vero. Oh my Sophie with two I's no E. Um I do have an OnlyFans which is actually my website or I'm sorry, a patron which is my website, so it's com because it's a support platform, but it's also, I I just treat it like a website, and I do a lot of build blogs and um, announcements on there. And then I do have an OnlyFans. If you're really only interested in, like, some of the sexier content, I've got that as well. Um, And then I'm also on YouTube and
1: Twitch. Awesome. Well, Sophie, I know we talked about this being like 20 to 30 minutes, but I kept it for an hour. <laughs> and, uh, okay. I'm, I'm glad, well, I'm, I'm glad it's okay. I know Joe's hating it right now because, uh, Joe likes to keep these brief and get away. Um, <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. Joey loves it. I like that game. giggle. Right? He's like, he's like, ha! you have no idea. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I do appreciate you sitting down and talking with us. And I hope we can uh, be able to do this again soon because I do have a lot. Of, I, I enjoy talking to you. And, and I think there's a couple more things that I really haven't dove into that I really would like to. So hopefully we get you back on and we can talk about those things.
0: Yeah, I would love that. This was a lot of fun. For realsies. Excellent. I had
1: a blast. I appreciate that. Guys, we're going to uh, plug one of our sponsors and then uh, we'll be back to close out the show.
2: This freaking show is brought to you by Audible.com. If you like, uh, if you like to read as much as I do, if you enjoy a good book, head on over to audibletrial.com slash freaknet. Maybe you don't like to read. Maybe you like to have things read to you. Head on over to audibletrial.com slash freaknet and you will get a 30 day free trial plus your first credit toward a free book. Uh, I recommend during this, this time of extended uh, uh staying at home to to pick something longer something really good maybe something by stephen king maybe check out the stand or it or any of the dark tower books anything in that category you're going to find something that's at least 30 to 40 hours long which is going to get you through a whole week of listening um so head on over to audibletrial.com slash freaknet today
1: it's always fun to have, to be able to sit down and talk to cosplayers, man. I I mm-hmm. love that. that she action. was really,
2: really great too.
1: Right? Yeah. I just felt bad that way. I I kept pulling shit into my life. Like, hey, let's talk about me for a second. I I, I realize I'm very self centered when it comes to life. <laughs> but no, it was really cool. I I'm glad that we finally had the opportunity to talk to her and uh, get to know more about her. And I'm really excited to find the opportunity to get her back on the show because I know there's there's so much more to uh Sophie than what we, what we just discussed. And I really want to dive more into that. Um So, all right, let's dive, let's, let's wrap up this, uh this uh game of uh, my Corona real quick. Cause I want to get the,
2: Oh yeah. Oh geez. Like uh, I forgot about that uh, completely. <laughs> oh,
1: trust me. I, I almost did too, uh, but no, I only got two more left. Um, so, uh, there was a statement made that says, like, the world's going to rise above the uh, current situation we're in, but it's never going to be the same. As in, uh we're going to get past this pandemic, but we're never going to get past what it did to us. And I want to kind of get your feelings on that.
2: I think, man, that's a really good, that's a really interesting statement. I do think that some things are going to be changed for good. Um, Just because, I mean, it's it's sort of like with, with 9-11, right? For for our generation, our whole world became about that. I think for the next generation it's kinda gonna be the same way. Um, you know, and especially how many people are gonna grow up without grandparents because of this, without aunts and uncles because of this, without some of the greatest music people. Uh I, I don't know if you saw uh John Prine was was just announced having died yeah. um while we were while we were interviewing Sophie. Um so yeah, I mean there's there's lots of stuff that's that's never gonna be the same again. In other ways, you know, it, it, I think we'll recover. You know, we're, uh, human beings are extremely resilient. So I, I really, um, I really like what Mark Cuban's been saying. You know, uh, America 1.0 is over, but America 2.0 is coming up. You
1: know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like, yeah. I, I, yeah. No, and I, and I agree with you. Like it's, it's one of the things like it's, I, I think that, I think by the end, by the end of all of this, like we're able to kind of go back and live life, you know, how we were. But there's always, there's always going to be that moment that like just because it's gone now doesn't mean it's gone forever. You know, I think people are going to be more cautious about, you know, how they handle like, you know, basic hygiene, like washing hands and shit like that and, Mm -hmm. you know, being more be more careful on like how they interact with things i don't think we're going to walk around with latex gloves on for the rest of our lives but no. i think people are definitely going to be more cautious i don't think this is going to i don't think this is the next pearl harbor or the next 9-11 but i mean there's there's nothing that says that it's not a very similar feeling you know like people are paranoid people are freaked out but with good reason you know i mean people people are dying people are getting sick not just here not just china but everywhere
2: oh yeah Yeah. And we've been, you know, in some ways we've been very lucky, um, here in, in the Chicago area because uh, we responded quickly and more, for the most part, appropriately. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we're, we were last week, we were like number six in the country for worst hit. And, uh, this week we're, we're almost in the, the bottom of the top 10. You know, we're, we're flattening the curve faster than New York did, faster than San Francisco. You know, um. So I don't know. It's 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 going to be an interesting time. You know. Yeah.
1: No. It, it's it, it's go, it's going to it's going to be one of the things like you know like when when will this kind of like settle off? Like when yeah. when's what day is that going to be? Right. Um. The last one I have. Well, what do you want to do? Uh. So as far as that statement goes, where nothing's going to be, you know, the same again. Light, pre, uh, premiere, extra. I would say, uh, is premiere the middle one? Yeah, premier premier. Yeah, premier. I want say one. premier. Okay. I think okay. I think that's a pretty average statement. Cool. Alright, last one I have here is uh it's about the stimulus checks. Uh there was an article that stated that certain people aren't going to get stimulus checks, and basically it just focuses on the people who don't uh file taxes. Uh they gave um, they gave a list of uh social security recipients, college students, and uh illegal immigrants uh probably won't be receiving these stimulus checks. Uh I just want your opinion on that. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a bummer because those are the people
2: who I think need it the most. You know, and, and they're the people who spend, I mean, they don't spend the most money, but they spend, uh, at the most places. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, so I don't know. That's rough. And I, 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 it's it's a hard thing to figure out, right? Like on the one hand, you don't want to give it to people who aren't contributing to the system, but what does it mean to contribute to the system? So I, I, I don't know. I think I'm going to say light on this
1: one. Um yeah i'm a, it's it's a good thing to what they're trying to do like it's no doubt that I many people need people need relief, and this is one of the mm-hmm. best ways to help it out um I think to i think to say that all college kids not getting it uh isn't like the right way of going about it i mean I think it's focusing really on what you filed in either 2018 or 2019. Now, I think a kid who's paying his way through college, who has his own apartment, buys his own food and stuff like that, definitely deserves uh right. this. Um, If it's a kid who's in his freshman year who's, you know, staying in the dorms, you know, his parents send him packages, and during the summer he goes back to live at home, I really don't think he needs it. I think realistically if your yeah. parents still if your parents still write you off, maybe you don't need that 1200. Now, it could be your parents' decision to give you the 500 that they get from you, but, uh, I think realistically, like, if, if, I guess if you're not, I guess my, my, uh, thought is, if you're not self-reliant, or you don't rely on yourself to make a life for yourself, I don't think you really need it.
2: You yeah, know? I mean, that's, that's, a, that's, I don't totally disagree with that. There's yeah. parts of me, you know, um some parents use finances as a way to abuse their kids. And mm-hmm. so a kid might be more or less self-reliant, but because of the way the tax system's set up, the tax, the, you know, they're not going to get the stimulus check because they, they don't have any real control over their money, you know? Yeah. And, and it would yeah. be good to be able to, but that's, that's a whole, that's a such a much bigger issue that it, it can't be answered as quickly as it needs to be for this to go out, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I know they're trying to do the best. I think I read somewhere, like, it's supposed to be, I think the checks are, the checks are going to be issued how you get your tax return. Right. So if it's direct deposit, if it's through uh, mail or whatever, and it's supposed to be within the next couple of weeks, either the second or third week of April. Right. Uh, I do direct deposits, so if everything goes to plan, I should get my next week. Same. Um. And I know, like you know, it's all based on what you make and everything. Like I know, like it's twelve hundred, but it decreases if it's seventy five or above for a single, or one hundred and fifty and above for married and all this other stuff. Right. Um. I know a lot of people were talking about the issues with like unemployment, about how like you know, like like how the hell can you get an extra six hundred dollars for unemployment, blah, blah blah. You know, like you know, how can people do that? But you know, people aren't getting hazard pay for you know working during the pandemic. Which, right. I agree 100%. There should be a hazard pay. There should be oh, yeah, addi- sure. there should be additional pay to essential employees. Now, that falls on the business, not the government. I don't think government mm-hmm. can mandate a pay increase. I think that's up to the discretion of the business. And if the business doesn't do that, well, that's on them, and that's kind of shitty. Right, right. And well, it's not like you can't get unemployment if you quit. No, you can't. You know? No, So the only there's, way- there's no incentive to quit. <laughs> yeah, the, un- the only way you get the unemployment is if – you're off for the two week quarantine because you were infected with something or your job is deemed non-essential and shuts down. Right. And a, a friend of mine posted on Facebook about, you know, the $600 increase for unemployment, but not, you know, a, a boost in pay for uh, the essential employees, which is two different arguments. The unemployment's, uh, you know government and the pay raise are not essential with all businesses, that's especially the, the business but right. i don't I don't know if she knows anything about unemployment. I'm not saying she doesn't, but I was on unemployment recently if i could if and this is how I described it to her, and I hope I got it right if not, I'm an idiot, and you know fuck me for trying but just the the maximum payout for unemployment in Illinois is four hundred dollars a week um and I made fifty i made like fifty thousand dollars a year so if you get a boost in pay of six hundred dollars, that puts you at a thousand dollars a week, that gives you fifty-two thousand dollars a year. So it kind of puts me out where I was at anyways, I'd be getting a normal paycheck. Right. But the thing is that all gets adjusted. Now if somebody let's say made thirty six thousand dollars a year, more than likely they're probably gonna take home about three, four hundred dollars. You know? I don't think they're gonna get that six hundred dollar increase as well. I think that's a max increase, so I think it's gonna fluctuate on it. So they may go up to like six hundred bucks, you know, from three yeah. to four to six hundred. Um, but I mean it's not like it's all a max six hundred dollars. Like people who choose not to work who file unemployment and get like a $120, dollars, mm-hmm. they're not gonna end up getting seven, eight hundred bucks now. No, they right. may end up getting like two, three. Like everything's fluctuated based on pay and all that. Right. And it's, ne- it's never, it's never, no matter what anyone says, it's never gonna be enough. Um and then like, just to go back to the stimulus thing real quick. Uh, I had a friend of mine say that when she gets this, what first thing she's gonna do is buy a trampoline. And I shit you not, that is a legit response. <laughs> uh, I love her, she's a great person, but that mm-hmm. is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. And I get it, you know, she, She's upset that she can't take her kids to the park and everything. And hey, I get that, you know, it sucks that your kids are stuck inside the house. Right. But to, to spend a stimulus relief that you, that you're supposed to use for bills and to keep a way of life for yourself to buy a, what, four or $500 trampoline? Yeah. It makes absolutely no sense. And it's those people that really screwed the system Mm. up. I don't know.
2: I, I hear what you're saying, but I also feel like you know once once it's in your hands, you get to do with it what you want, and it's not like you know i mean if if they're making their bills, if they're doing this, they're doing that then and you know then they're they're keeping trampoline sellers in in business you know they they might be helping out their local business i, I hope I hope they're buying it from a local trampoline salesperson, you know whether it's Walmart or a mom and pop or you know preferably a mom and pop or you know. Whatever. I hope they're not sending it to Amazon. You know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, should sure, the Amazon <laughs> the Amazon warehouse down here close down because somebody uh was yeah. like, that's a positive. They should not do a clean Oof. old facility. Yeah. But uh, stimulus checks. I mean, obviously, uh, there's still a discussion on who gets it, who's not. But based right. on the criteria now, light, premier, or extra. Uh, based on I'd say, uh, I'd say uh, uh premier. Yeah. I think it's it's par
2: for the course. I think they could be better, um, but I think it's yeah. better than than nothing. Yeah. Now you know, it was, it, yeah, oh, it ahead. was
1: sti- no, yeah, it was stated one, it was stated in the article that I read that they understand that there's tweaks that need to be made, but they did what they could to get the money out as soon as possible. Yeah. Agreed. So, so yeah, so it's like you said, like you know, they, there's things that need to be adjusted, and I'm sure they will. I don't know how the stimulus uh, affects like people who are like on Social Security who are mm-hmm. on like. 401ks like i don't i don't understand like how it works out for them because i didn't read too far into it Uh i just kind of read the part where it says like who gets it who doesn't right. but they even said like you no know, like we understand that this isn't perfect we're still working on it but we need to get something out to get people the money because if they were to sit there and try to critique it and make it perfect people weren't probably seeing money until may
2: right right well so some people, people won't anyway you know yeah yeah so.
1: um what are you freaking thinking about joe
2: what am I freaking thinking about? I am really excited. Um uh, so they they put a they put all my student loans in forbearance without my permission and reduced the interest to zero. Um which like I'm I'm not complaining about it. I just I was fine you know, I still have a job, my wife still has a job, I don't mind continuing to pay my student loans. Yeah. Um however because of that, I now feel like I can justify the purchase I made so I can do my my job better um at the church. Um so I've got I've got a new video I've got a new streaming camera coming. Um mm-hmm. that I'm going to be able to break out for I'm going to be able to use it for Easter. Um and I I've got um soft light boxes to to make the lighting better in my sanctuary for the camera and um, I'm just, I'm really excited about the, the rig that I'm building to be able to do live streaming at my church, um, better than I've been able to do it. Yeah.
1: Well, that's, yeah. A, that's a, that's a tax write-off, Joe. That's a business expense. I know, right? Right? You're putting that's back cool. into the world, man. Exactly. That's what I'm you're try, You're just trying to make Jesus look more fucking tv ready.
2: Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm with the way my hair's going. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What are you freaking thinking?
1: Um so uh rumor has it, I mean obviously uh this weekend's Easter, which I don't know how many people really remember that, but uh it's it's a fact. And right I am right, right? So this yeah, one oh is, yeah, is. Okay, cool. Yep. Uh so good Friday. Uh the uh work is closed, so I'm not working Friday, which sucks because as a temp, you don't get holiday pay. But because of the whole pandemic thing, we had to shut down part of the business and we're not working Thursday either. Temps aren't working Thursday, regular employees are. So I'm off for about four days. So the weather's supposed to be a little chilly, but I'm going to try to get a lot of things done at the house. Um, I don't think it's supposed to rain, so I'm going to do some yard work. But one of the big things I want to do is um, I think I have the first story to Freaky Tales kind of planned out. So I think I'm going to write that this weekend. Nice. And kinda, of, and kinda of kick off this, uh, Freaky Tales book that we're, uh, that we're working on. Cause I know we talk about it a lot. And, um we, well, we talk about a lot of shit that, uh, we have. <laughs> <we>, uh, <laughs> um, but I, I, the, the goal is by Saturday to have the first story of Freaky Tales written. Nice. And I think that would kinda of kickstart us forward to try to get this going. Cause <clears throat> April or not, October's not that far off. We're like, what, No, it's not. Way. Mm-hmm. So um so I'm definitely excited about doing that. Uh, but also, you know, I mean, some odds and ends stuff around the house that needs to be done. And I got four days to do it. Obviously with Easter, I don't think we're doing anything or any get togethers and stuff like that, no matter how much my mom wants it to. But mm-hmm. um yeah, no, uh, Freaky Tales, the first uh, story, uh, will probably be written and, um, also figuring out how to give away the uh, ball wash, uh, price. Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah, I think we're gonna have a meeting this weekend, Joe. Uh, a Skype meeting. Not, a uh, not, not a person because, because we're, we're not rule breakers.
2: True. Yeah, good idea. Maybe Friday.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, hey Joe. Yes. Every week our listeners can catch Cartoon Joe here on this freaking show. But of course one hour of Cartoon Joe just isn't enough for our listeners. They absolutely need more Cartoon Joe. So where can they go?
2: If you need more Cartoon Joe, you can find me over at the GeekCast Live podcast at violentpress.com. You can also find us on Facebook, iTunes, Google Play, and Twitter by searching GeekCast Live
1: excellent guys make sure you follow us on social media uh facebook instagram and twitter at this freaking show you can find our episode every single week on itunes spotify google play and podbean just by searching this freaking show especially thanks to Oma my sophie for coming on the show i had a blast I, we love talking to her and we hope to do it again soon pick up our merchandise over at t public t-e-p-u-b-l-a-c.com just by searching t-f-s we do have some sales coming uh coming up here very very quickly so make sure you follow our social media so you know when those land to pick up your merchandise and help out the podcast in any way possible. Thanks again to BallWash.com and Audible for being sponsors of the show. That's all I got. As right. always, I am Travis. And I'm Cartoon Joe. And thank you for listening to another episode of this freaking show. I'm out.